podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Episode 63 of Below the Belt, uh, joined once again by Flav of Fighting Cock. How are you, sir? Very well, mate. You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty good. I, um, there's been some boxing, are you? There was a little bit. Yeah, there's been a little tiny little... There was actually three cards of note last night. Uh, I fell asleep about quarter past ten, though, so I didn't watch much of it at all, full disclosure. Uh, but we'll just kind of talk about the kind of the... the you know, kind of the most noteworthy things that we thought that kind of went on last night. Yep. Um, and we've got a lot, lot, lot to look forward to next week as well, which we'll talk about. Um, first of all, I think probably the biggest surprise of the night. And there was a few surprises last night. The biggest surprise of the night was uh, John Riel Casimiro stopping Zolani Tete in the third round in Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, it was a bit of a shock, wasn't it? Can I, it was a shock. But just a quick thing on that. They, the, you know, some, you know how they. The promoters they create names for bills. There's always got to be a name in there, like yeah, the jewel of the dunes or whatever it is for the. Joshua. Oh yeah, but the worst, the worst one I've ever seen is Midlands Mayhem. It's yeah. worst, the worst name for a show ever. It was pretty bad, wasn't it? I remember, yeah, I flicked on BT Sport last night and I saw that live boxing Midlands Mayhem. I was like, <laughs> oh god, you're, you're trying to oh, sell something, god. not turn people off. Yeah, it was just like, it doesn't need it. Just say world championship boxing, like, that's enough. Yeah. Like, we have a world title fight. We have, a, there was three British title fights on the other card. It doesn't need a catchy name. Yeah. You know, um, although we all know your favourite boxing poster of all time was the Kevin Mitchell one. Oh, it? mate. It's, uh, so that was Mitchell versus Katsidis at Upton Park. Yes. yes. And if you haven't seen the poster, po- po- if you can remember, post it or tweet it uh, uh, yeah. as a follow-up tweet to this pod because... It looks like a. It looks like an advert for a gay sauna. It does. It absolutely does. You've completely taken the words out of my mouth. It does. It looks like an advert for like some sort of gay gay porn or some sort of sauna. It, or, exactly. Yes, yeah. Exactly. That's what something you'd like. see walking around Soho on a, a DVD. You know, on a, it's like a, a, a front cover of a gay DVD. That's what it looks like. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was classic Frank Warren. And then obviously last night was a Frank Warren show. Yeah. Um, Tete, he hadn't boxed in some time. Uh, it'd been a little while a since year, he'd yeah. last boxed. Yeah, it'd been a it'd been a, a year, just over a year, and uh, he was in the World Boxing Super Series tournament. He was supposed to fight an Anito Donaire, and then he had an injury, and that's what's kept him out for the last year. But uh, in that time, Casemiro had won the the interim title, uh, WBO interim title, and so he had to fight Casemiro, and uh, who was on a good run of his own. Um, yeah, four knockouts on a bounce, isn't it? We're now five. Yeah, four on a bounce. He'd had like a he'd had like a. Um, a decision loss in the, in in the quite recently as well. So it kind of looked like Casemiro had kind of seen better days, but he was like Tete was okay for the first couple of rounds, but Casemiro's feet were so quick, and once he landed that first shot, it was over. He was he was he was really relaxed as well. This is um, you know the way he was moving and whatnot. He was just he just. It just seemed so comfortable in the ring and so small in comparison because Tete's huge at the weight. Even though yeah. he made he made weight by two pounds, he was two pounds under, and he's a yeah. giant. Like he's what is he? I think he's five eleven. I might be wrong. Is that five nine? 
I think he might be five nine. Yeah, five nine. Five, nine. He weighs weighs what he came in at eight four, I think. Whatever. Yeah, and um, he's a giant, but uh, you know, and, and a great boxer as well. And I actually don't think that this defeat takes much away from him. I really don't. Like boxing is a dangerous sport. We know it, obviously, but it's one of them things where you, anyone anyone can get caught with a punch at mm. any time. And the and the and it doesn't mean that you're a lesser fighter because you've been caught on the temple as he was, and we're talking about mm. the punch, but and and then get, and then couldn't recover it. It, it, it. It's not one of them ones where he's outboxed. In fact, he was, you know, it's hard to call the first two rounds, but he was comfortable. Mm. And then he, he this shot that I, I don't really, I, I can't remember ever seeing anyone get knocked down in that way. I can't, I can't recall it. So it was like a, um, a he got he got hit with a shot that he never saw coming. It wasn't a haymaker. Mm. It was like a yep. cute little right, short right hand, it caught him right on the temple, and he was square mm. side on as well. So he couldn't defend it, and then Casemiro landed another one. So you know to get hit on the temple and for it to you know discombobulate you isn't isn't a reflection on the how much of a quality fighter you are. And you could see after the fight he was like. He was receiving treatments. So he was badly hurt. Um, I don't think after the second knockdown that the referee should have allowed him to go on. To be honest, but no, but he did, and you know, and, and what we saw, what he caught, he caught, he got him caught once more in the corner, and then the referee thankfully jumped in. But it's not, it's not a problem for Tete. He can come, he can come again and rebuild. Yeah, it's his. He had three losses before. He's been. I'm pretty sure he's been. He's been stopped before as well. So it's not. It's not something that that um is really you know terminal for his career yeah. like he's you know he's he's a good fighter i think this probably he went he won this bantamweight title almost by default in a way because he was he's really a super flyweight believe it or not and like you said he made really? quite comfortably yeah he's he's really a super flyweight but the 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 situation you know he the opportunity presented itself for him to win a you know an interim version of a, a bantamweight title and so he took it mm. and he's just kind of just ticked along ever since with this with this interim uh with this yeah with this interim um, bantamweight uh, bantamweight title and he ended up becoming the full version you know in winning the full title and he's just kind of just gone along with it but he probably could go back down to superfly um and superfly is not like the murderer's road that it was a couple of years ago when anue was there and chocolatito was there um it's there's still good fighters in that i don't position, think he but... needs to I, I think he's fine where, where he is like i say yeah. it's not it's 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 fine if he if he wants to stay in bantam and uh yeah. there are fights out there for him and or at superfly but it, it's like i don't like he was really upset after the fight, like crushed and crying his Naturally, eyes out and yeah. stuff. And that's important to see, and it's good to see from a boxer. Because yeah. sometimes I think boxers, and we're going to talk about Joshua, that take defeats a bit too easy. And yeah. it's those fighters that really do get crushed by defeats, and you see it physically, emotional in the ring, mm. that you know how much it means to them and how important boxing is to them. And it isn't just something that they've they've fallen into. And he, for him, it's um, yeah, I I I take nothing from his career at all from that that defeat. You know the guy the guy he was in with, is, you know he's got hands on him and he can knock people out. So it, this you always run a risk. But they fight again. It'd be a good fight. I'd like to see it again. See what actually would happen over twelve rounds if it went that far. But it's fine. He's fine. He can he can build build again pretty. Yeah. Pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's a, he's a very good fighter. He's not. Yeah, he's great. He's not. 
he's not an old man yeah he's a, you know he's, a, he's 31 you know he's a, he's a good fighter and then yeah he can absolutely bounce back from it um i'd like to see him do so as well because that you know there's probably never been a better time for the guys of that size to make money um it's in the last few years yeah, yeah, and he's not the biggest money drawer in the world, but you know, if he can rebuild a couple of good wins, he can he can perhaps land the Nanito Denaire fight. Maybe um, they were supposed to fight, you know, uh, like I said last year in the in the Super Series tournament, and then it didn't happen because he got injured. So, you know, maybe maybe it'd be good for both of them to, as a rebuilding fight for them to, you know, to perhaps fight each other. Him if, and Denaire. If T- Tete goes in with Denaire and beats him, then he's naturally the next fight for Anue, right? Yeah, well, you'd think that Casemiro is, you know, of course, himself in. but they would fight. Yeah. They would probably fight next. But I'm saying if 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 Tete and Denaire fight, yeah, and the winner out of that will fight the winner out of Inoue and um, Casemiro, you'd imagine. Yeah, and the, it would. Yeah, yeah. You, you and you'd think Inoue beats Casemiro, and and, and I, the irony here is that I think that while Tete was beaten handedly, obviously, yeah, I think he would probably give Inoue a better fight than Casemiro will. But that's that's the beauty of boxing, really. That's it. It's triangle theories and styles make fights and yeah. all, of, all of that, all of that wonderful what, stuff. That what an amazing, so much. amazing effort and, and performance that they had against Inoue. I know you talked a bit about it already, but yeah, what did, incredible yeah. that was! Like it was, it was such a great fight, and no one expected it because we know what Inoue is and what he's built to be and how good he is, and, it, and it's almost yeah. like he he had that air of invincibility in the same way that Tyson did in his first twenty fights or so. Inoue has that at this level. It's just he mm. feels like he's not. He's got the power to destroy anyone, and he does. Yeah. But for to for for Denaire to hang in with him was mm. just an incredible feat. An amazing thing. At 30, 30, was he thirty eight? Thirty seven. Right? Yeah. What um, has Inoue got a brother? He does have a brother. He's a super middleweight. Is he? Yeah. He had a. He fought on the undercard that day, and he lost a quite a quite a comprehensive decision. He lost quite wide. Um, he's not as talented as his brother, you know, obviously, but he's he's a decent fighter and he's at a decent level. And, it must you know, be hard to be the shit brother, isn't it? Like, yeah, like Paul yeah. Smith. Or Paul Smith. Yeah, like Paul the Smith. Sh- the yeah. shittiest of the brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, think about it, like Paul Smith's the oldest, and so yeah. when, when, th- when his brothers were, like, doing things in the amateurs, he was, like, British champion. Yeah. And was kind of like, the yeah, daddy. king, yeah, cock of the hoop kind of thing, you know. Got got the best dinner at Christmas and the best plate and all of that nicest. Cut he was the the now. jewel in the mother's eye. Then Callum's here yeah. and he's like he's like that old washed up nuisance of a brother who keeps getting in trouble, yeah. running his mouth he's too in, much. He's in the box room now, and he Paul Smith. He's in the box room. He uh, he's not. Well, he um he had Callum Smith winning handily against Ryder, right? Oh God, yeah, that was. It's that like was, uh... if you know you're full of agenda and you come across people all the time, especially in boxing, right? Is yeah, everything they say on social media or if they're a pundit. Not not generally Sky pundits and, and they and, and they've been accused of being favourable to home fighters as you're always always getting this business right because it serves yeah. the purpose to build yeah. a narrative around fighters that, that are that are fighting in the house stable so yeah um, so you, I appreciate it but you also got to accept that you got to have a, there's a caveat with every opinion in boxing and if someone's talking about their brother there's no point going to talk to them and ask their opinion on the fight there's no point yeah. It was. It was all kind of. It kind of felt like. Obviously, me and T did a pod about it last week. So I don't want to say too much, but um, it felt like they'd kind of. Everything was kind of set up for this to be Callum Smith's big homecoming event, 
and because they put Tony Bellew ringside, they put Anthony Collar ringside. You know, Tony Bellew's a scouser. Anthony Collar's from the same gym as Callum Smith. Mm. Um, they have Paul Smith ringside. All the brothers are ringside. It was kind of set up for Callum Smith to win and to win handily. And even on commentary, and, and Andy Clark's a very good commentator, and I really enjoy his stuff. Yeah. But even he was kind of getting caught up in it all. It's hard not um, to. It's really hard not to. Yeah, it is. It is really hard not to. It makes me think about, um, strangely, it makes me think about uh, Lennox Lewis against uh, Evander Holyfield in the first fight. And there was a British judge. I think it was Larry O'Connell who was the British judge. Mm. And he was the only one that gave it to Holyfield. And he did the opposite of what you'd expect. You know, you'd expect the British judge to side with the British fighter, but he didn't. He was he kind of over, overcompensated. Really? And so it came across yeah. as a bad card, even though he was kind of, it went against yeah. the house. Yeah, he kind of went against, because Lennox Lewis won that fight handily. Um, but, but um, yeah, he, he gave it, I think, I can't remember if he gave it a draw or if he gave it to Holyfield, but um, I think it might have been a draw. Mm. Um, but it was just, it was, yeah, his card was way off and it was not what you expect. You expect the, the, the British judge to kind of, you don't want them to be on their side. You just want them to score it round by round. But he, he kind of overly compensated and kind of went the other round, the other way. Mm. Um, we did talk about, uh, you said we mentioned Inoue and we did talk about Inoue a couple of podcasts ago, but we did kind of skim over it um, because we was at a signing, the book signing for um, Paul Zanon's book. Yeah. Um, we probably didn't do that fight justice, to be honest, because it was was such an amazing fight, like you said. Yeah, it was great. At 37 years old for Nadito Donet to put in a performance like that. But for me, you know, a lot of people probably saw that fight for, oh, Inoue's overrated or, you know, Inoue's been exposed. And I just, I watched it and thought, not at I, was probably an even bigger fan of his yeah. afterwards to, yeah, to yeah. go through what he went through to be hurt badly to be cut badly yeah. um, and to, to to nearly find the stoppage um, other than a weird bit of refereeing that, that that do you remember you know that little like kind of uh, chest yeah that, you, do you remember that with when the knockdown happened yeah and, yeah uh, he kind of got in a new age way it was really odd wasn't it yeah it was odd it was uh, yeah it was almost like obstruction I don't know but he um, it's uh, he, for him to be tested against the not Nanita Denner at one point was up up in the kind of pound for pound rankings, you know, five six yeah. years ago. Once upon a time, yeah. Once upon a time, exactly. So for Denner, who's still a uh, sorry for um, Anue, who's still a complete novice in in the professional game. I when I say novice, he, I mean he doesn't have anywhere near the experience compared to Denner. Yeah, compared to Denner, right? He's yeah, 26, 26 years old. He, a lot of his fights have went early because of his power. And then suddenly he was in a completely different fight. And every boxer comes to a point in their career, it could be early, it could be late, where you're tested and you learn so much. Um, I think, what was it? Uh, Johnny Nelson lost his first fight, right? Yeah, I think um, there's a few fighters that lost But, but I think fight. Bernard Hopkins yeah. drew his first. Yeah, fight. I think Joe Fraser may have. Uh, no, not Joe Fraser. I think Marvin Hagler uh, lost one of his first fights so, as well. So what I'm saying is, is that the, these like losing or looking leggy in a fight or feel like you've been found out isn't the people who just say that are kind of so lazy. It's like just yeah. like the, the next five fights he'll probably win by stoppage, but and he had this mm. learning fight against Donaire, and Donaire has more experience in his right bollock than Inoue does. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just because. Yeah. So it's. Um, yeah, I think just everyone's a little bit too critical. Why, why, why at this stage would you want to shit on Anoue when he's going to bring so much entertainment? Yeah. When, when yeah. What's there to not like about well, him? No, nothing, nothing at all. Like, 
I mean, the only thing is, I think people get wound up by the hype train around certain people. Fighters. hate hype, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, we talked about Lomachenko a lot, and T, for some reason, has gone from. Actually, not for some reason, but he's gone from loving him because he's an, yeah. a, a European block fighter, Eastern European block fighter, to. Yeah. Um, to kind of disliking him because the hype train's so strong with him. Yeah. But if you're, that's not his fault. That just remove no. it and enjoy him as a, a lovely pugilist. Then um, yeah, can, yeah. But I suppose for, boxing more than any other sport is so much more about you know it, it, like building storylines and opinions and how you feel about boxers than it is really just watching two two skilled technicians fight. Yeah, and it's again, it's it's about social media, isn't it? Yeah, we, you know, if you follow different boxing outlets on social media, you're going to see so many opinions, so much hype. If you go on boxing forums, you're going to see lots of hype. Uh, I think it could probably just get a bit too much. I think a lot of the time you are just best off just just watch the fights. Yeah, just what what would find you find out when the fights are and watch them? What would you consider? Do you read a lot about boxing online? Uh, no, I don't really. I I I, I read. Um, I, I I've subscribed to Ring Magazine, obviously Boxing Monthly, um, and I read stories on boxing scene, and that's about it. Like I, I don't really. But someone watch who wants IFL. to read, someone wants to read yeah. more. Where, where's a good place to go? Because I don't know. I don't really read about it online. Boxing uh, scene boxing, seems, seems to be boxing the... scene's pretty good because they have a good kind of. Uh, they have a good kind of. Uh, a lot of fighters, from, a lot of writers, sorry, from all over the world that do that do good writing. Obviously, the Boxing Monthly website's really good as well because they, they. The thing about the Boxing Monthly website is we've got so many writers from everywhere, just like Boxing Scene. Mm. Uh, Luke Luke Williams, the editor, he does a lot of stuff about like Swedish boxing. There's an Italian writer. There's a guy that covers the Asian Asian boxing. So they've got it uh, covered. Yeah, they've got it covered. Like Boxing Scenes, like that as well. Are, boxing you, scene, are, you, are, li- are you Paul Smith in? To Callum Smith, are you doing this for Boxing Monthly right now? <laughs> you know, they, 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 you know, they've always looked after me, so I, I have to be nice. Mate, I've been reading. I've been reading Boxing Monthly since I got into boxing. Yeah. Since David Hayes' first early days, yeah. and I loved it. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm biased. I'm biased, but it is the best magazine. Um, I just, I just enjoy reading the magazine. I'm not much for consuming too much online content, but I do like to read magazines. Um, I'm not as good at reading them as I used to be. I used to sit on the train and read them, but now I'm a subscriber. They end up just sitting on a shelf. Yeah, they just keep think, coming, oh. don't they? Yeah, and then suddenly the next ones, I was like, shit, I better read last month's. You know, it's. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a dying art kind of print media. But you know, I think we have to kind of make the most of it while we can because I think we'll miss it when it eventually goes. What you think it's going to? Well, I think print media as a whole, you know, newspapers, magazines, it's not... It's, no, it's, it's, you're definitely right. The, the industry yeah. as a whole is um, yeah. suffering. But if you're, I think if you're still surviving, if you've got past that period now, yeah. that you... Um, that would potentially, uh, I don't know, man, it's short term, it yeah. would be that they would be okay, I'd imagine. But yeah. printing does cost con- a lot of my money. My concern is that like an IFLs and things like that will make people lazy. And so you'll just end up watching a video instead of reading an article. That's my kind of concern. Yeah, but laziness is one word for it. But it's about time and information. Time, yeah. Time is probably the better word. Someone's going to always things. always take the easiest way of absorbing yeah. content. It's just the way it is. That's what you look at the media online and Twitter and like you know this is second. You consume the media in seconds. You're constantly mm. scrolling. You, Vines when when Vine was around was seven seven second clips. Seven seconds. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So. It's um, boxing has to kind of fight that, but it, it's a traditional sport, and people are quite mm. loyal in boxing. And 
you know they, their way of, of, of enjoying the game uh, the, the fights um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's steeped in yeah. tradition you know that's why mm. York Hall is such a lovely place to go and watch boxing because of the history it has it is there but it doesn't it, it, it would never be able to compete with you know the O2 because you can't fit enough people in there but because no. of its tradition and the romanticism about it and seeing you're so close to the fights that it will always it will always remain and win out yeah you're absolutely right tradition is very important in our sport and uh yeah you're, you're absolutely right with that i went to your call last year and i'll hopefully i can go again next year it's uh it is it's a special place it is a special place it's good to just go there once every year or two just to just to soak it all in because there's not really an arena like it um and i think the word convenient is probably better than lazy i was probably a little bit lazy with that choice of words <laughs> to be honest <laughs> um just uh quickly moving moving on to um the vegas car then last night um yep. they're trying to kind of there's there was a lot of building happening last night so carl frampton uh he won he won a decision in his uh super featherweight debut over a chap whose name has completely slipped my mind um it, um, uh, it yeah. was uh, oh, um, it was Teg. Um, what was his name? That's embarrassing. It's fine. I've uh, never heard of him either. No, no, it was um, Tyler McGreary. So it was yeah in Vegas last night. <laughs> yeah, he over over ten rounds. So how how, how how like intrinsically xenophobic am I when I said like because it sounds sort of like an Irish name. And I've just right. put O, oh, I went, it's O oh, something. Oh, oh something, <laughs> I know, right? I know, I know, yeah. He had, that, he had the green shorts on and everything, bless him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, so I thought Carl Frampton, Carl Frampton looked good. Uh, he completely outboxed. He won every round on all three judges' scorecards. Um, yeah. Ten rounds to zero, that's fair. Plus, two knock, plus two knockdowns. So it was 100 to 88 three times. Uh, he was completely dominant. Uh, his jab was there. He looked really good on the. For the thing is with Carl Frampton, he's got little T Rex arms. Yeah, tiny little T Rex arms, but he's really good on the outside. It's so odd. Um, it's his foot, not the footwork like, and speed he gets in and out, right? Yeah, it is. His feet are brilliant. Yeah, like, I remember the, the Scott Quigg fight is will probably end up being the, the best moment of his career, or that, or the Louis, you know, Louis Santos, so, the Leo Santa Cruz fight. Uh, but you know that and the Scott Quigg, yeah, that was the difference between him and Scott Quigg on that night. Was it just his feet? He was just, just Scott Quigg never quite, never, never did quite recover from that, did he? I and mean, he kind of moved up, and you know he never really kind of formed. He hasn't done a great deal since that. No, you know, I, that, I think. Sorry, I think on. I'm going to be a little bit harsh with Scott Quigg here, mm-hmm. um, but I think people talk about so and so as a has been. For me, for me, he was and never was. Uh, he, he was someone that. He's only done a lot he, with his talent. I think. I think he did. He did quite well with the talent he's got. I think he was a classic Joe Gallagher fighter who was massive at super bantamweight and kind of did well because of that. Mm. Um, but then once he was found out by Carl Frampton, like you said, he never really, never really recovered. He, he left Does Joe he's... Gallagher. He's gone to America. He's not really. He's not never really did anything, and he's he's up at super featherweight now, uh, and he doesn't really have any right to be. Um, well, he's same, not, same. Uh, he isn't. I mean, well, I doubt he probably retires soon, right? He hasn't fought in. I'm just having a look at his box rec now. He hasn't fought since October 2018, so probably yeah. probably won't see him fight again. I'd imagine. I don't know. I, I don't know. There's nothing lined up as far as I know. Got beat by Oscar Valdez. He's had his chances, like you know. Yeah. But I think less less about Scott Quigg and more about Frampton is that how. Frampton, I think, has been considered, which is why I wasn't really interested in this fight last night. 
uh, sorry on the weekend was that yeah. the the um he's seen and has sort of had his career built as an, an elite kind of fighter mm. and that win over Santa Cruz was definitely yeah. a testament to that it was an incredible mm. win but for me his career is defined by his inability to perform against people that you consider to be lesser than him so the Warrington fight which was great mm. but it just felt like his career path and trajectory was on a different plane to Warrington's and for them to yeah. get on in the same ring and and Warren just to just force his will and has show brilliant quality as well, which is a, is a bigger kind of indicator of what Franklin actually is. And mm. and I would say also the fight against Quig because that got built up. That, I don't know if you remember at the time, but that was yeah that was like a rivalry. Not not so much between them two because they always seem to be quite respectful to each other, but mm. more through the promotional terms and particularly McGuigan. Um, yeah. there was and Joe Gallagher, it was them kind of things, wasn't it? It was Shane, Shane McGuigan and Joe Gallagher. Going at each they other. had a little, they had a bit of a, a thing, didn't they? Yeah, and um, if you remember, if you remember that fight going back, when was it? It was 2016. Yeah. Um, squig, 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 quick, quick. I think Quig took the first six rounds or, or took the first five. He was very strong early on. Or it might have been no, 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 the no, other no, way no. around. It was it was the other way around. Right, right, right. I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry. So, and and to say Frampton had it all his way, all his own way. He didn't in that fight. It was it was close, if I remember rightly. If I'm remembering the fight rightly, but as I remember it, it, it was close. And like, I think the legacy of Carl Frampton, because you're getting close to a point where you need to start thinking about his legacy, or we do when talking about Carl Frampton. Yeah, it's not actually that impressive like the most impressive thing is that win against Santa Cruz which yeah. most fighters most professional fighters won't beat a man like Santa Cruz yeah. but it's almost like it's almost kind of like you've done it now like what, what, what's going on what, what, why are you mm. why are you still doing this that's what that was my yeah. feeling yeah I think I think for him it was like he, he beat Squig and then, and then he, <laughs> <laughs> that's his name now and um, and then he beat he beat Santa Cruz and that was the biggest win of his career and it was you know at the Barclays Centre New York you know beating a champion like Leo Santa Cruz well, I'm not too much of a fan of to be honest but uh, still it was a but good top name. of the it tree was, right yeah man yeah top of the you know he's won titles in multiple divisions Santa Cruz you know he's you know he's a good fighter um, but you know, it, yeah, he did it, and then since then he like lost the second fight. He lost it quite handily, to be honest. Um, although it was quite close on the cards on the, at the not on the night, but he, he lost, he did lose. And but then since then, it's just I'm not sure. I think you know, perhaps he's he fell out of love of it a little bit. He doesn't spar as much. He's not been as active. He, he left Shane McGuigan. Um, it's just been a little bit stop and start with him. Mm. And then the Josh Warrington fight where. He was manhandled in a, in a lot of ways. Really, he was kind of he was kind of dominated, wasn't he? Just um, just against a stronger man and, a, and a, a man much more hungry than him, perhaps. And it's going to be interesting to see what he can do now. Um, now he's potentially moving up to, to super feather because last night was at a was at a catch weight. It was at one hundred and twenty eight pounds. Right. Um, so I don't know, like what? I don't know what you do with him. Like what, yeah, in what, the ring last night, yeah. Jamel Herring got in the ring, and he's the WBO super. I saw the champion. interview. Yeah, yeah. So you can. It looks like they were 
they're going to put him in with um, with Jamel Herring. So I think that's perhaps what they're going to do. Right. So but, I mean, like, so what? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Look, yeah. and, and this isn't like the answer to so what could be, well, it's my career. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get paid probably, you know, relatively well. I could win a, be a free weight world champion. That would make him, right? Yep. yep. Which is history in its own, own self. But I, w- I would say if I'm being hypercritical, that the lower weights, that has less value than it does in the, in, in the, in the more heavier divisions. They're saying you're a multiple world champion yeah you know, I, I get the, that because the, the gaps between the weight divisions are quite small yeah and you start light especially if you're a small man like Pacquiao's what was he yeah. five weight world champion six or he's he? eight weight eight, eight weights yeah <laughs> eight weights there you go so uh, and, and and that's why the I didn't even know that shit eight weights <laughs> Jesus Christ yeah, yeah he's he? at like light fly light flyweight I think oh my god um, so yeah. yeah that is impressive even 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 a little weight that's, that's I mean to have there <laughs> You know, most fighters don't get eight world title fights, let alone win eight, eight titles in eight different divisions. Um, uh, what am I saying? Um, the point is, yeah. uh, is that it, it, for Frampton to be kind of retire as a free weight world champion is a lovely thing. But yeah. the problem is, from a boxing fan's perspective, and you have to be that, unless you're really like a hardcore boxing fan, you know, yeah. and which most of us are not you, Cal. Most of us will, have, will watch boxing... <laughs> when the Saturday show's on so, so a lot of us will skip the ones like last night that you, you know wasn't as you know you have to be really into boxing to watch boxing every weekend essentially and that's and yeah. I, I'm not that guy I, I kind of I've, I've watched a lot over the years but I'm at a point now where I'm I do look forward to the big fights right so yeah um it, it warrant for, for, for that reason Frampton is is going to pale into into insignificance really unless and again like what's your motive but unless like he, he builds up and creates a rivalry in the UK where people are going to be like, all right, let's, this is a, a grudge, grudge match and that's why it's interesting. Like, yeah. But he's, he's, he, he's, he mentioned, he mentioned Windsor Park last night, how nobody's going to beat me at Windsor Park. So the only thing I can think that he's trying to do is get Jamal Herring, who's 34 himself, mm. get him over to, get him over to Windsor Park for the world title fight, super featherweight world title fight and then jack it in. That's the only thing I can think Carl Frampton's trying to do is trying to win one more world title and then sod off kind of thing. Because he's made plenty of money, although, according to him, not as much as he should have, hence why he's in court with Barry McGuigan at the minute. Um, yeah, there's a lot of fingers in pockets, apparently. So, well, allegedly. yes, yeah. Allegedly, yeah, allegedly. allegedly. And I think that's that's reconvenient soon, that case. So I think it'd be good for him to get that out of his life. You know, that's got to be a hell of a distraction. Going I don't look, again, look, and I appreciate that this, this pod's affiliated with Boxing Monthly, so I'm not going to say anything that's going to get him in trouble that I haven't yeah. already said. But um, there was like, uh, I think Frampton was quite like, as, uh, as from what I've read and the things that have been said, that he was kind of mugged off a little bit by, by the McGuigans and, and yeah. they took advantage of him. Yeah, there, there was there was um, there was a, there was a, another fighter that, that has left that has left Barry McGuigan. So there's been a couple that have left him. You know, it's not just Carl Frampton, but I think I imagine the stakes with Carl Frampton were a lot higher, and so yeah, the he's felt, down, felt yeah. yeah he's felt the need he's felt the need to go to court. Um, so um, you know, we'll see what happens with that really, and hopefully, it gets it they get it sorted. Everybody involved gets it sorted, and they can all move on with their lives. Really, do you rate um, do you rate Shane McGuigan as a quote? Yeah, oh, yeah, he's, I think he's very good. I think good he reminds he, yeah. me of Adam. I think, yeah, I think I reminds me of Adam Booth a little bit because I, I like him in the corner. 
And I think that's kind of the makings of a coach. You know, I think, you know, there's guys that can get people in shape and there's there's guys that are, that are good uh, motivational. Mm. Uh, but I, I like him in the corner. I like the advice he gives. And that that's what I quite enjoy about. That's kind of what I judge. Well, coach I, I think also that for, for a fighter who clearly is a fighter, he's watched his dad and he, and he realized very quickly that he wasn't going to be good enough. And yeah. for him to have that level of intellect and insight and, and able to compartmentalize his own frailties yeah. is a really positive thing for a coach to have. Yeah. For him yeah. to know in himself that he's not good enough and that he does have talent, but his body isn't yeah. able to, to deliver on what his mind wants him to, then mm. uh, th- that, that is a, a good benchmark or a good foundation for a coach to work from. You know, even even in football, some of the best coaches in the world. Never, you know, Mourinho never played. AVB never played. Wenger was like a, Not much a, 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 player, a novice. Wenger yeah. and Eriksson, another like novice player. But mm. it, they they it doesn't mean that they can't see what is quality. And I think uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm quite the only thing I can't like recently is haircuts make him look mad. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks it looks like he's transitioning at the moment. Which right, is, which is fine. Right. It's not dick, just obviously. But no, it'd be good. Like imagine that. Like that. Well, that's I, progress. Like, uh, and what, what's happened? Like, while we're talking about transitioning, what? Um, mm. Frank Maloney or, yeah. or uh, Kelly Kelly Maloney? Um, yeah. What did the minute that she became her true self? Did, yeah. Did she give up promoting, or is that, or was she just shunned by the? Uh, I think she kind of. I think she kind of gave it up. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a bit of a shunning in there as well. She didn't have any fighters. Um, what was her last? So, uh, what was her last big uh, big fighter? David Price. And that was that. And Jesus Christ, yeah. I think you know your game's up when David Price is your last big coach. Is your ticket out of there? Mm. Um, then Frank loved the heavyweight. He loved heavyweights. Oh, back in the day. Uh, yeah, back in well, the day. Bruno, he's he always Bruno, isn't it? Um, he was with Lennox, Lennox Lewis, Lewis for a well. time. Uh, yeah, he's had loads of heavyweights. I find it fascinating yeah. that whole. Like, one day we should do a podcast, and, and not just with us, but, yeah. but a podcast around promoters and the history of promoters. And it's just fascinating to me. Yeah, like how important how they get involved and stuff. Well, they're just so important. They're, they're, they make boxing happen, right? They're they're, yeah. they're the most important stakeholders in in the game. Without them. Yeah. They, 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 they wouldn't be much really it'd be underground yeah. you know bl- black market or white collar stuff yeah I know no, you're saying no money but at the same time these people are also historically known for leeching off fighters as well and yeah you know so yeah. while they're important they're not necessarily positive but you know, I just think it's the, the history with Frank Maloney and Barry Hearn and then Eddie coming along and changing the game somewhat and I just I think, yeah. I think it's a fascinating Don King you know you heard Callis Sullivan play, uh, talk about Don King and like yeah. he loves him, he absolutely loves him. Yeah, um, which is a complete kind of the opposite of what people have most said people feel yeah. about him. Yeah. yeah, so I just think it'd be an interest. I'd love to talk to to a couple of them or, or some journalists around the promoters and do a little kind of magazine piece on it. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah, it would be good. Like a historical kind of thing. That would be good. Um, what else have we got? So, uh, yeah, no. So yeah, that was that was that was. Um, a pretty good win for Carl Frampton in the end. He's with, with Jamie Moore now, and I thought Jamie Moore was quite good in the corner last night. Actually, he was quite quite calm, quite composed. Said, "You're doing this right. You're doing that right. Just start doing this now." Um, he, I quite liked him in the corner last night, Jamie Moore. He, yeah, he was pretty good. And uh, Carl Frampton broke his hand last night as well. I think he, he broke his left hand. He well, he he talks about having um, broken his hand twice in, in the run up to this. 
Oh, Wowzers. What do you, do, yeah, he's broke his hand twice and, and then broke it during the game. What, what do you make of like, boxers complaining about injuries, whether they win or lose in, in the aftermath? Because there isn't a culture in, 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 in boxing, certainly in Britain, for you to complain much. You get in, you fight, regardless of if you're fit or not. Yeah, and, and history yeah. will remember you how they remember you. But I think that's a bit harsh, isn't it? Because you know, any injury getting into a ring is going to be damaging. And generally, no fighter gets in without some sort of complaint because it's, it's such a physical thing. Yeah, but it's a bit. It's like any sport, isn't it? There's always a niggle. You're you're constantly your body is constantly running on fumes. I imagine because you you work so, especially as a as a boxer, because you're making weight. Because you have to make weight, mm. you're almost like running on fumes all the time. You're always on the edge of getting an injury. Yeah. Um. So I can see like, and a boxer probably never gets in the ring. One hundred percent perfect. Although sometimes you'll hear them, they'll say, "You know, I was never better than that particular night." When when a fighter complains about an injury post fight, it is a little bit off putting. Uh, you know, I think it's fine, but I think to give it a little bit of time, um, perhaps you know, win a fight or two, and then say, then you can say, you know, that fight, I perhaps you know, I I, I tweaked my shoulder wasn't very good. Like it makes me think about David Hay. Well, I was going to I was going to ask about David Hay. The Vlad Klitschko fight, getting the toe what out did, like straight what away, did you think it was like, about come that? on. It's too I much, was, wasn't at it? The t- it was at the time. I was a huge Hay fan, and that, and I really wanted him to win the fight. But it was really cringe. Uh, it was really, really cringe of him just go oh, look my toe, my toe, and it was like, come on, come on, David. Like, it's get a- an injection in there pre-fight and get on with it. You're, you know, and in the final round, he actually tried to try to put it on Vlad a little bit, and. So it shows that he could have done if he wanted to. He just had a game plan that didn't work and he, he's decided to blame his toe. That was the way it looked. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. It was just, it was a bit embarrassing, really. It's not, it's a, it's a hard mm. man's game, isn't it? And yeah. It's like no one's going to look at your toe and it did look swollen and broken and whatnot, but no one's going to look at your toe and think, mate, you're, you've got a shot at the world title and you're blaming your toe. It's not, nothing to do with your toe. No, it was really, it was really, really silly. Um, I saw that interview. You watch that video I sent you the other day, the interview that he did, and uh, he's one of those. He looks like he's retired. He's not been retired that long, David Hay, but you can see he's comfortably, he's happily retired. There's none of that that thing where he thinks he can still do it. He's not like Carl Froch, where he's like, yeah, I'd, I'd smash that guy, you know, or I'm this, you know. He, he's someone that you see Carl Froch is a little bit, still a little bit insecure, and still, you know, probably feels like he could smash everybody yeah. whereas david hay he i quite liked it the other day he said you know most people i probably could have given them a fight but then he said lennox lewis would have smashed me to bits <laughs> <laughs> and i quite i quite like that because fighters don't really do that well they, I, they, actually they, he he has a he has a track record of doing that because i remember him talking about and i think it was a run-up to the, the mcanelli fight yeah. and he was he was talking about him his chin and okay. and he's being he was very very honest. He's saying, "Look, I I know I'm punchy. I know right. I'm chinny. I know the the there's nothing I can do. There's no weight training. There's no there's nothing I can fix with how my my head reacts to being punched in the face. I can't do anything yeah. about it. So I'm I'm acutely aware of it. And the fight against Macaroni, if it was, I might be getting my fights wrong because it's a long time ago, but." You know, if he catches me, then it could be nights out for me. And I always really kind of enjoyed that. I know he was kind of brash, and he isn't your archetypal boxer. And he, a lot of people say he's articulate. I don't think he's articulate at all, really. I think he struggles stringing stringing sentences together. Yeah. Um, but 
but because he sounds relatively well spoken, doesn't necessarily sound like a like a fighter that right. that people um, perhaps give him uh, more more sort of props than 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 he deserves. But but I don't think also just on the same token I've ever seen someone more up for a ruck than him. Like just generally the amount of shit he got just, into. Yeah. But with he grasped me, Eddie. <laughs> he glassed me. He glassed me. <laughs> but he, he got in so he got in. He used to get. Every, so we talked about this on the pod before. But he's, every fight he got, it was like there was emotion involved, and um, he just loves the scrap. And he's a tough, tough, you know, tough bloke. So um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm all over the place. No, it's fine. It makes me think also of uh, Chris Eubank Senior because uh, we're about to talk about Chris Eubank Junior. So. Um, and he did a ringside interview and it was one of my favourite ones and um, he said about Harold Graham Yeah. and he was asked at the time oh, why won't you fight Harold Graham and he said why would I fight him I can't hit him Yeah. and it was it's such an honest thing to say most fight, you know, most fighters would say oh well there's not enough money in it yeah, or, yeah, it's bullshit. He, he's not good enough for me or they'll come out with a silly reason but he said why would I fight him I can't hit him yeah. and there's that, there's that story about how he, he used to spar him quite a lot and Harold Graham would fucking just just box rings around him so and I'm not getting day, in the ring yeah he just one day they were sparring and Chris Eubank caught him with a shot and knocked him spark out right um, but that was the only time he ever hit him and he was just like I'm not sparring this guy anymore because he just boxes rings around well, every is, single time and, and this is the thing is is that it, 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 would, it would be great if they're honest because we know fighters are ducking fighters we know that yeah. fighters who should get shots don't get shot like Dillian White like, drugs test aside yeah. as no one wants him because he's not Anthony Joshua but he's from England right but he cause he will cause any heavyweight murders, absolute murders, right? But yeah. it's it's not it's always like this, like approaching it with like this. That let's destroy the character of the other player. Say, oh, I'm not fighting him because he's a nobody. Just say, just say that really he's going to give me a really tough fight, and if I beat him, I'm not really. It's not going to help my career, and he might beat me. So I'm not going to give that. It's like. That would be so much more healthy, and, 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 and like I think we would respect it all because like, we, there's something we say like in terms of style makes fights. All that means is that one person's style is a nightmare for someone else's style. Mm. It doesn't mean that if you put on paper you put two boxes together and they wouldn't handedly beat you, you wouldn't see that Rigondo beats fucking Jazz Richards or whatever his name was, all right? Yeah. You understand that on paper it works, but sometimes these fights come along and it, it doesn't work that way. And no, you know it's um, just it'd be great with a little bit more honesty, just to say, look, I don't fight him yeah. because I, you know, it, I think I'd have I think a I've spoke about this. I've spoke about this before on on the pod, and I think just just from being around, you know, you've been around some boxes and I've been around some boxes, and you, you, when you're you kind you start to understand, or this is just kind of my theory, you kind of understand that they have to believe that they are the best they have to yeah because and getting in the ring if getting in the ring is such a scary prospect scary you thing, have to yeah. believe in yourself and that's what my dad used to yeah. say I fucking hate that Nassim Ahmed probably partly because he has brown skin but also right. but, but also his, his arrogance I fucking hate I remember being a kid actually talking to him talking about Eubank fucking flash cunt he is that's what you'd say right, right? but it's, yeah. You have to have that mindset getting in. You have to be believe you're the best because you're getting into a an, into a ring where you can't escape from, and someone else who's trained to fight wants to punch your lights out. It's terrifying. Mm. Yeah, 
and that's but that's why you hear the excuses afterwards oh my camp wasn't right oh i'm at the wrong weight oh it was the trainer that's why you always see them change trainers or change weight or oh i've got a strength and conditioning coach now they have to find a reason why it works because it, they allow it allows them to continue to say that it's not me yeah. it's it's the people around me yeah exactly that. because exactly an admission that they're not good enough is it, it's, it's almost something you that's can't it's over yeah yeah and that's it it's 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 and i remember um i think it was uh thomas hauser he wrote in um tris dixon's book about floyd mayweather he said boxers at their actual at their complete at their nature are massively insecure people they tend they usually have come from quite a poor background yeah. riddled with insecurity um they are at their very core insecure people so they have the boxing helps them get that helps them rid themselves of that insecurity but it's always there and it comes and it probably manifests itself again when they lose fights or they don't have a good sparring session yeah. or something but, but, like that but yeah but also also the, the um the, the fact that they're fighting it enables them to escape from the fact that that they, that they have these challenges in their life like you're yeah. talking about mayweather coming back you know he's you know he's coming back for 50 51 i know right Coming back for the big one. Yeah, I don't know what he's going to do. I, <laughs> I, I love the fact that you hate this so much because I would too. Oh. But, um, but 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 what I'm saying, the, vo- the void left by not boxing yeah. means that you have to confront who you actually are. You're not a fighter anymore. Yeah. You're Floyd Mayweather or you're mm. Ricky Hatton, and um, it must be a terrifying existential crisis that some of these fighters go through. Yeah, because it's all they've done. It's all they've done from 10, 11, 12 years old, whatever it is they started doing. And, it. and everything good that's happened in their life is because of the sport. So, yeah. you know, it's um, it's sad. It's sad to see. I hope I hope Mayweather never comes back, but I understand it if he does, and I understand it yeah. why Nigel Ben wanted to. and yeah. Because it, it is who they are and transitioning from that. And that's why I feel like, and it'd be a good segue to talk about Joshua, is I, I feel like Joshua will be fine, yeah. regardless of what happens in... Saudi Arabia it'd just be fine because he's not Nigel Ben and he's not Mayweather boxing hasn't he's just built mentally and probably more intelligent than, than, than both of them that he doesn't yeah. doesn't need boxing I don't think that, no, that's, no, that's why I think he's going to lose where you think he's going to lose yeah. come on then let's talk let's talk about Joshua and Ruiz I think he's going to um, get papped up you th- is that what you think really really yeah I do I do I, I, I went from I went from um I went from feeling like, oh, he's going to have his number, right? And you know that that was a blip, to now feeling like. And so, uh, what was it? I was listening to Toad's Toad the other day, and right. they were talking about it was it was actually um, Teddy Atlas talking about the psychology and why it. God, he's good, Teddy Atlas. Oh, he's he? incredible. He's incredible, and and he's he's also he's also good because he doesn't look like he should have that. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's got scars all over his face, and you know the yeah. stories about him and when he was boxing under, I think it was Custom, um, Customer. Customer. Yeah. I read his book. His book's really good. Is it? I bet. I bet it is actually. Yeah. Um, and, and and him and Tyson didn't really get on, and there was some beef between them, right? But he stuck a shotgun to his face. There was that. Yeah, there was that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the um, but 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 when he's breaking down fighters and how passionate he gets when there's there's mm. typically bad scorecards he fucking really hates that and so you should yeah. um but he's um he uh he, he calls it well and, and and what he said about 
he said about Joshua and Ruiz, he said if he was managing Joshua, he said he would have given them another fight because all of their code going into this, all the data going into this fight is that Andy Ruiz knows how to stop Joshua. Yeah. And Joshua landed a, an incredible left hand to knock yeah. Ruiz over and, and he got back up and, and, and battered AJ. That's the data they have going into this. So right. if if that is the case and there is any truth in that and he and Teddy Atlas knows has forgotten more than I could ever know about boxing, then yeah. you have to listen to that. Plus in training I it just looks he like he's he's it's just his technique like for people like get caught I, I, maybe I'm giving him too much credit because he was fat but he just the way he throws punches and he's, the way he sets himself I just feel like he's there is who are we talking about here so, are we talking about Ruiz sorry all of this is I've been talking about Louise uh, sorry Ruiz, Ruiz yeah. yeah David Louise I'm talking about David Louise now the uh, Ruiz <laughs> Andy Ruiz uh, Andy, Andy Ruiz and um right uh, and uh, it just it, I can't see him not catching Joshua again yeah. and if he does he goes and that's what it is it is interesting about how Joshua's trained for this one and how, how much slimmer he looks he's not as yeah, muscle bound yeah he does doesn't he, he's biggest, he the does. biggest criticism you could have had of him was how before the, the loss to Ruiz Jr is how stiff he is because he's yeah. so bound Whereas he looks, he does look fr- like lighter is the right way. Yeah, he does. It'll be interesting to see what he weighs, or what both of them weigh. Or what Ruiz what, is obviously what was be he before? Naturally lighter. Uh, he was in, oh God, I think he was, I think he was like 19 stone or something. I think he was something really, really quite high. Let me, I'll just quickly check here. 204 um, No, he was probably 240 or something. Um, oh, that is massive Joshua Josh, yeah his last fight Joshua was 268 in his last fight Jesus uh, Christ no sorry he was, sorry, sorry, he wasn't it was 247 and your is and your is was 268 he was heavier um, yeah Joshua was 247 what do you feel Andy then Cal how, how do you feel about it about the fight yeah. about no not the win. fight just something else completely yeah the fight um, <laughs> yeah do you know what I, I, of late I have started to think that Andrew Ruiz is going to win. Me too. Um, I, can't, I don't know what I, it is. I, I think it's. Just, I think it, I'm just. You're as good as your last fight, aren't you? Mm. And well, it wasn't. It, we've said this ad nauseum, but it wasn't a flash. Not it wasn't a flash knockout. No, no. It wasn't a fluke victory. It was a. It was a pummeling. It was, it was seven rounds, pretty, pretty much to bits. At no point, even even after the third round. Um, even after the third round, when he did okay in the round, Joshua, yeah. you knew he was going to get knocked out. Yeah. You knew he was going to lose the fight. It was never convincing, was as, it? No, and I just think, I just think it might be just again a styles thing. You know, Ruiz knows knows what to do. He knows to punch with Joshua. That when Joshua lets go, let go with him. But he's got the quicker hands, Ruiz. He's got the quicker hands, and if he lands lands on Joshua and a chin and a chin. Yeah, and he has got a good, you know, Ruiz, again, Ruiz, when Ruiz was knocked down, he was fine. He got knocked down, but he's looking up at Joshua the entire time. He's absolutely fine. Mm. When Joshua goes down, he goes down in a heap and it's it's messy. Even the Vlad Klitschko fight, when he went down, it was slu- he went down, it was, it was a messy knockdown. It wasn't like a flash knockdown and he pops up again. He goes, when he goes down, he goes down heavy and... That's what happened in the Ruiz fight. He went down. He went down heavy, and yes, he did. You know, physically recovered, but he never really did. Mm. And th- this second fight, I just kind of think, 
Riz will just do the same thing. At the end of the day, it's the two boxers. Uh, they're, they're two boxers. They have their styles, and I, I you can't, you're not going to change Joshua in the in the, you know, in whatever whatever time it's been since that fight. What it's been six months. You're not going to change him in six months. The only thing I can think is if Anthony Joshua looks to stink the joint out and just jab, jab, grip him up weigh him down do a Vlad Klitschko basically just jab and grab jab and just jab him straight keep him long straight shots mm. good feet perhaps that's what the losing the weight's about is getting those feet a bit lighter and being able to get on your feet and, and just box and move um, th- that was when when the rematch was announced that was my initial thought was that he would box and move and grab him up and just win a decision and that's still very possible but gut feeling right now Andy Ruiz does him again me too man that's what I feel, yeah. and yeah. But the only the other thing is that a lot was made about Joshua's mental state going into that fight, and he didn't look right. I know that we talked about this many, many times, and everyone has. Yeah, but he didn't look right. Something wasn't right in the run up to that, and if that has but gone, motivation, that, just motivation. Don't know. Maybe I don't know. We can't speculate. You know, you talk about panic. Attack. I don't think physically there was anything wrong with him. I don't think there was physically. No, mentally. I've spoken. To, I've spoken to a couple of people that were there in. And they've said it was it was nothing wrong. No, with mentally, yeah. you can't. You can't, you, yeah. you have no idea what's going on in someone's head at all. And he looked like he was standing with his gum shield hanging out of his mouth in the corner. Usually, he's tensing. You know, he's 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 it, it wasn't he wasn't right. And we talked about it in the WhatsApp group that we have for boxing for for below the belt. And we said yeah. he doesn't look right. He doesn't. Something's not right. We all said it. Everybody said it. So mm. they, you can't. Not that many people would have noticed it if it wasn't true. So, I, in my opinion, there was definitely something wrong with him mentally going into that fight. It might—I don't even think lack of motivation because he's never been that way. He knows mm. what it is. He knows how important that would be to meet to, to beat him. And maybe he believes in himself a little bit more, and he kind of believed his own press and all that. But I, I don't believe that to be true either. I believe something was wrong going into that fight. And if it was, then who knows if the actual this is the real Anthony Joshua, the one that we've seen bowl so many men over. Yeah. Maybe he will turn up this time, but Andy, uh, Andy Ruiz needed this, needed that win to catapult him and give him the accolades that he deserves because you know he got beat controversially by Parker, and, and that's his only defeat. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting about Andy Ruiz and his approach to it, isn't it? Really, because yeah. he's been kind of been out there doing the most. You know, he's been out there just partying, doing all the ch- all the chat shows. Right, right. But he's lost a lot of weight. You know, he's been doing the chat shows. He's been doing the rounds of celebrity kind of stuff. He's got his money's worth out of being the champion, and so he should. Mm. You know, enjoy it. Um, be interested. He's lost. He looks like he's lost quite a bit of weight. Um, I'm not sure if that's a good idea or not. I don't think he really needed to change anything other than the third round knockdown. He put on a really good performance, so I don't think he really needed to change much. But it looks like he's lost a bit of weight. And if the hands are even quicker and the feet are even quicker, then it might be repeat. Because the, pan, yeah. the, the power's going to stay the same, regardless if he loses a stone or, or puts one on. So if he's lighter, it's only going to be tougher. But I'm fascinated by it. I can't wait. I really, 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 really can't wait. And as much as I, I've got like issues with Saudi Arabia hosting boxing, it means that the times are much more f- sort of friendly for us. So yeah, it's it is. Two hours I think it's going to be like 8 o'clock or something. Like 8 o'clock. Um, yeah. Eight o'clock, like for the main event, which is great. Yeah, it's perfect. Which is great. That's gonna be really, really good. Could and then, be tucked up yeah. in bed by nine. 
and lovely jubbly yeah no we're doing a podcast after flav i don't know if you realize but we are um, what are we are you watching are you are you with the boys are you gonna watch it together i am watching it on my own me too on my James. I, I, yeah. I'm, i'll happily jump on skype with you after definitely excellent yes yes we was gonna do that i thought t because on the last podcast t was like yeah we'll do a pod afterwards but he's not coming he's not watching it here at all i don't think he, he said he's not gonna see it at all so oh, i mean uh, i don't know what, <laughs> what, you, what you're talking about then uh, yeah um i, I happy to do i'll do it with me Nice one, nice one, nice one. And uh, on the undercard is Povetkin against Michael Hunter, which is a really good fight as well. I'm actually quite looking forward to that it as is, well. Be before, before that, um, who, out of all of the, the... I think it was on Boxing Monthly that, that tweeted this earlier, that out of all yeah. of the... If you've got uh, Tyson Fury, Andy Ruiz, um, Joshua and Wilder, it's yeah. mad that, that there is now Andy Ruiz in this conversation as well. But yeah, if you, it's not about who you think is best, but who would you want? to come out holding all the belts, undisputed, unified? Um, uh, Who would you uh, want? Uh, wild, wilder. Really? I, I think he's going to. Oh, well, no, that's not, that's not I, the question. Who do you want? Who do you like out of them? Uh, wilder. Yeah, Wilder. I, I like Wilder's kind of whole shtick. Like, I like, I like that he's not brilliant. I like that... Doesn't. I like that he can knock you out in a second. Crazy, I like crazy. I like kind of his whole the way he promotes fights. You know the stuff about I want to catch your bodies a bit much. I don't like that, but I like the way he. I like the the silly outfit he wears on the way to the ring. It's not silly. He, he, he looks. It. He looks great. He's incredible. Looks like a fucking gladiator. Um, yeah. I, do you know? Can I say it. something controversial? You know the bodies on the record thing. I don't mind it that much because okay. it's a, it's something that you say to garner attention to create atmosphere around yeah. you, right? None of us are, like to say that boxers like he's almost admitting the or, or, or highlighting how dangerous a sport this is. That we watch it, we all benefit from it. Lots of people who listen, sorry, lots of people who work in boxing make money off the fact that these other people are getting in the ring and could end up getting seriously hurt. For them to be kind of outraged, the fact that a boxer said, "I want a body on my record," when you're making money off of this stuff. Is is it's yeah. like faux outrage in, in my opinion. Like if you actually think about what's said, like the boxers saying, I, I'm the I'm the gladiator here, I'm the one in the ring, I'm the one putting my life on the line than my opponent is. Yeah. For him to just say, you know, I want bodies on my record as a part of a promotional tool isn't the end of the world. It's like we know what this sport is, we know what it is. And for him to say that isn't outlandish really. Yeah, in, I think, in my opinion, I understand that that's not going to fit in. With, you know, yeah, I don't know if it's no, it's fine. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think. Do you think it's it's better or worse that it comes from a participant than from perhaps someone in his camp? Like, do you know what I mean? Like um, his trainer said, you know, I want him to catch a body. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do, you, do you think it's better or worse look, that he says it as a participant? I think, I think, as a boxer, he goes in there, he's allowed to say what he wants. If you don't like him yeah. for it, that's fine. But. We all we all take great enjoyment over the fact that two men are going into the ring to hurt each other, and that itself is sick. So to to to, to have some sort of moral sort of boundaries over the fact that he's saying he wants to catch a body is hypocritical, in my opinion. It's not one that bothers me. You know, when you said it just then, it weren't like, "Oh, fuck you too, um, Cal." Weren't like that. It yeah. was just just like, "So what?" He said it. So what? It's not, he's not actually going out to kill a man when he goes in the ring. He's not trying to do that. No, he's just he's just he has the strength that could kill a man. That's, that's yeah. the thing. 
That was just yeah, fucking. Like, then, we talked. We talked about it last week. You did with T and uh, for yeah. Ortiz, but that was fucking ridiculous. That stopped. I basically he did because he was getting thoroughly outboxed. <laughs> Absolutely, every I minute. I just laughed. Like you're laughing now. That's what I did at the time when he did it. He landed the shot. I just howled laughing, and I couldn't stop laughing for ages because it was just like it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like yeah, it's, the, it's like do. it doesn't matter how good you are. That that mm. it's a shame that a great boxer doesn't beat a great boxer. Well, it, maybe he does, right? But a great boxer can be finished by someone with great power. Yeah, and 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 you know, I think it was Andy Scott or Andy Clark yeah. on um, on toe to toe, and actually said okay. like he doesn't get the credit he deserves because the technique that's required <laughs> to land that punch and have as much power as that. Is yeah. isn't something that's that's not that's good boxing. That to generate the yeah. power through the foot, through the foot, up the leg, through the hips. Yeah, you know, the torso and, uh, and through the butt, through the uh, shoulder into the end of the glove, is yeah. incredible technique. And it, he's he's a good technician. He has, like his punching te- te- technique is absolutely fine. And he's he's his great job. Well. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, but it's like, why am I? Gonna, I'm gonna fucking spend time pissing about my feet. I ain't gonna dance around. I know what I am. I, um, yeah, you and you and T summed it up perfectly. You said he makes a mockery of the yeah, sport. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does because, and I said it on the podcast last week. All those things that people are taught in gyms all over the world: position your foot here, do this, do that, move around. He goes, "No, fuck off! I will punch you in the face! Bang, you're gone." But, but like, fundamentally, that's that's what boxing comes down to. Can I hit you yeah. harder than you can hit me? Can I hurt you, or can I not hurt you? Yeah. And he can hurt anybody. And that's why. Yeah, he can. That's why he he, he now. He wipes the floor with Joshua. He, he oh god yes. He beats Ruiz, and uh, Fury's the only one that can stop him. But Fury's the one. But he is. Fury's but he one. is. Can he keep him off for twelve rounds? And we, he's been caught. Fury's been caught so many times in his career that that I don't think he can. So it's whether or not I don't know what more Fury can do in the lot in the next fight than what he did in the previous one. Like how can he? He can't do more. He won the last fight, in my opinion. He's going to get yeah, caught. Yeah. He's going to go down. So what, what more can he do? That's it's it. Sh- he, just needs to, he just needs to stay on his feet. That's what Fury it's needs to do. It's hard to see. Stay yeah. I know, but yeah. the thing is, you lose two rounds, and I said this at the time, you lose two rounds, that's a four-point swing. Two 10-8 rounds is a four-point swing, and then you're in the hands of the judges then. If he stays on his feet, he wins. outbox Wilder every round, and he, they can't rob him. Like He'll win, he'll win the fight. But if he if he gets knocked down and it's a little bit early in the round and world and world is a little bit more composed, you know, like he he was composed the other night against Ortiz. He never panicked. You know, he, he never panicked, even though he lost seven rounds. He could in just row. lean back, right? You know, like I, I just sleep. Listen to me. I'm 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 literally I'm, I'm drinking a glass. <laughs> just lean back, Tyson. Yeah, just <laughs> Tyson and Ben Davidson ain't, ain't thought about that. Just lean, ben, is it Ben Davies? Ben Davies. Yeah, no, Ben Davison. You got it right. Well, as I'm thought about that, just lean, lean back a bit. Don't let him hit you. But you can't. Just um. lean back a bit. Anyway, mate. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. So what? It's you think Joshua? You think wait. Joshua? You think Andy Ruiz? I think Andy Ruiz, but a slim, sort of fresh Joshua with a lot to prove could. I mean, it's fascinating. Yeah, no. As soon as that, you know, sometimes when you, a fight comes along and a bell goes, and you're like. In my head, I'm visualizing them that first moment. I don't know if you ever do this as well, but you've when right. a big fight's been made, you visualize the mm. bell going and the two fighters yep. marching towards the center of the ring. It's the 
it's the best part the probably my favorite part of boxing is a it's a big fight and they get the referee's instructions and then they walk back to their corners that that's that's two three seconds i get there. it i get it that is just that's everything for me for boxing it's like that you because you, you build up these fights you're like oh my god i can't wait i can't wait um like maybe pacquiao is the one i if it comes to mind now it's like you've been waiting for this fight for five years or whatever and this they're in the ring yeah no no one's got a virus the week of the fight they're in the they're ring. in the ring together and they've got their instructions and they 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 get their instructions they go back and just hear that roar of the crowd yeah and it's it's it's, it's, it's what it's it's especially it. good in the uk as well that roar of the crowd yeah. yeah no yeah. I agree man it's, it's incredible that moment like as I said the first step together all the talking's done the contracts have been signed all the money's done all it then comes down to is the game plan that they have with their coaches and their own ability and, and that's why boxing's the greatest sport on earth yeah let's end it there that, that, that's, that's end it there that's perfect alright Spot I'm going to have a cigarette and then we'll do five statements mate okay let me stop this now yeah alright Podcast Network.